Well, hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, December 11th, 2022, which is the third Sunday in the season of Advent. Let's begin our time together today with a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew writes, When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed, shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of Christ Dear God, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everybody. The other day I was stopped at a red light. As I glanced to my right, I noticed that the next vehicle over was a York Region police cruiser. The motto, Deeds Speak, was emblazoned on the front of the car just above the front tire. It made me think about today's reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Today's Gospel reading happens later on in the life of both Jesus and John. John is no longer preaching out in the wilderness. In fact, he's locked up in prison. He sends messengers asking if Jesus really is the Messiah after all. Let's think about that for a moment. At the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, his cousin John proclaims him to be the one who would fulfill the prophecies about a Savior for Israel. John then went on to get himself in trouble with Herod for having been too outspoken. Herod had John put in jail and would eventually have John killed. As John sat in prison, he must have been wondering whether he had gotten it all wrong. Was it all in vain? Had everything that he had said about Jesus been a misunderstanding? So John did the most reasonable thing imaginable. He sent a messenger directly to Jesus to ask for clarification. What better way to clear the air than by going straight to the source? Jesus replied by reminding John's messengers of the kinds of things that they had seen him do. The blind received their sight, the lame walked, the lepers were cleansed, the deaf regained their hearing, and the dead were raised, and the poor had good news brought to them. The implication was that, of course, Jesus was sent by God. 
How else could Jesus have accomplished all the things that he had been doing? You see, for anyone watching or listening, Jesus was liberating people from some kind of physical or economic captivity. It was the kind of liberation that they expected from an agent of God. Essentially, Jesus' response to John's inquiries was to say that deeds speak for themselves. Jesus' actions would have been understood as the beginning of the arrival of what Jesus referred to as the kingdom of God. As God in human form, Jesus was uniquely empowered to initiate this kingdom, but the work he began did not end when his time on earth did. First of all, we read about Jesus empowering his disciples to do the same kinds of things that he was doing, as though he was leading some kind of apprenticeship program. All through the New Testament, we see Jesus' first generation of disciples doing miracles very similar to the ones that Jesus did. But Jesus' work did not end with that first generation of disciples. At the end of Matthew's Gospel, we read about Jesus telling his followers that God authorized and commanded him to commission them. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day right up to the end of the age. Jesus planted and then nurtured the seeds of a movement that would take root around the world and would grow throughout the centuries. That movement, of course, is the Christian church. As I read this story, I thought about the kinds of things that hold people captive today. I wondered what kinds of things would make Jesus' list if it were given today. Some of them are obvious, like the kind of physical ailments that Jesus cured in his time. People still seek to be cured of things like blindness, deafness, and even poverty. But what else might make a modern-day list? I'm sure that Jesus would have been familiar with some of the specters that still haunt our own modern day. Things like racism, bigotry, and a sense of economic superiority. But what new things might make the list? How about things like spiritual complacency, the lack of concern for the spiritual health and well-being of those that we call our neighbor or friend? How about a sense of clericalism, in which all things remotely spiritual are relegated to either clergy or academia? My point is that, like John the Baptist, many of us have experienced both the heights of freedom and the depths of imprisonment. Despite our faithfulness, we are all susceptible to areas that hold us captive in our own lives. That may look different for each of us, and rarely is the imprisonment physical, but that makes it no less real. How many of us are held captive by the hidden bonds of things like bad relationships, unhealthy habits, or the fear of change? John spent his whole life shining a light on the work of Jesus Christ so that people could experience freedom from all the things that hold us captive. There is, of course, another aspect to this story. 
each of us who assume the title Christian have a role to play. We are not meant to simply sit back and be passive recipients of God's grace in our lives. Although there can only ever be one Jesus Christ, we can all be like John the Baptist, preparing a way for others to experience the person of Jesus. Like those first disciples, we have all been commissioned to instruct others in the practices of the Christian faith. We are each called and equipped to help others overcome those things that hold them captive, helping others to live more freely. You see, a truly genuine and authentic faith life can never be confined to an hour on Sunday morning. Instead, it must breathe life into every facet of our existence, inspiring us to offer compassion and spiritual growth to all we meet. Let's pray. God, for whom we watch and wait, you sent John the Baptist to prepare the way of your Son. Give us courage to speak the truth, to hunger for justice, and the boldness to introduce others to your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.